Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Paul Wharton Show on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Paul Wharton, and we're coming to you from the full-service radio studio at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C., where I have the honor of being joined by the multi-talented singer, actress, author, fashion designer, and all-around woman that handles her business and has the right stuff. <laughs> Please welcome my friend. Miss Vanessa Williams. Hello, hello, Paul hello, Wharton. Hello, hello. Sounds so fabulous. <laughs> Williams and Very Wharton. Fan. Yeah, exactly. You know, we got to do something like with that. Sounds like a show to me. We got to do something with that. <laughs> By the way, can I just tell you, you look absolutely marvelous. Well, thank you. I just got a hydrofacial. <laughs> <laughs> it well, you it's, look. It's all about maintenance at my age. It's all about maintaining the glow uh, as long as you possibly can. It really is, mm-hmm. and and part of it is is the outside, but. What keeps that glow going from the inside out for you? You know, I've been just blessed to do what I like, to have options to do things that I like. Uh, I've built my career doing things that I like. You know, I was a musical theater major in, in college at Syracuse, majoring with singing and dancing and acting and music and playing piano. And I could get a chance to do it all for a living. You yeah. know, I, I get a chance to do concerts. I sing my own music because I have records that I've done since 1988, yes. which has been extraordinary. Uh, I do Broadway, where I get a chance to sing and dance and act and play a character. Uh, I get a chance to do television and, and film and uh, and also design. You yes. know? So it's And write books. I mean, it's just amazing that at, at 56 years old, I can look back at a career that... I have built, but I'm also extremely grateful for all the opportunities that have been given, but also the ones that I've taken. Yes. You have to have, you have to take risks in life. Absolutely. You don't know all the outcomes all the time, and you never know where life will take you. And for instance, in my, my life, I was a junior at Syracuse University, um, uh, majoring in musical theater, like yes. I said. And uh, I was, freshman year, you're not allowed to do anything. It's, it's just your, your core year, so you have to study. Sophomore year, you're allowed to audition for shows. I was in everything. As soon as I was able, I was uh, in the first musical that fall. Then I did something off campus. Then I did another musical come springtime. And the local passion people kind of scout talent up on the hill uh, at Krauss College, which is the head of the visual and performing arts department. And I had been asked numerous times, you know, would you do Miss Syracuse? I said, no, I'm I'm A, I'm from New York. B, no, I'm not interested. I'm not a pageant girl. And no. And I was supposed to do my first equity production, playing a small role in Cyrano de Bergerac. Mm -hmm. But it was the orange girl, which was nothing, but it was going to get me equity points to get be a professional on Broadway. And it was supposed to happen in April. The show fell through at Syracuse stage. I had... April free. I called my mom and said, do you think I should do this pageant thing? She said, can you get some scholarship money out of it? Because I had gotten scholarships the previous two years. I said, yeah. She said, well, go for it. Get that money. I love it. And uh, ended up changing my life at 20 years old. I was supposed to go to to London uh, on my junior year abroad. But April, I won Miss Syracuse. July, I won Miss New York. And then September, I won Miss America. So you never know when life will give you a detour because that was not what my path was that I thought yeah. would be happening. I thought I graduate from college, uh, go to, to Yale School of Drama for my uh, my master's in, in, in acting, and then go to New York and, and do my thing. But now you were the first African American woman to ever 
win Miss America. Which is crazy because you look back now and you see so many examples of black beauty yeah. in everything. Yes. And growing up, we did not have that. So people need to know these youngins. Yes. That, that, you know, I had one black doll. It was a Sasha doll. I named my daughter Sasha yes. because that was my favorite doll back in the day. It was made in Sweden, but that was the one black doll that had brown skin. Um, uh, in You were lucky if you saw um, advertisements with uh, any kind of representation. And then as the older we got, we would have uh, fashion fair uh, yes. and ultra sheen. Mm-hmm. And those were, you'd see those ads when you had Soul Train on, the, <laughs> on Saturdays where you'd see a whole bunch of black yes. folks. So, Julia, Julia was Diane Carroll, who uh, is a phenomenal actress and, and, and singer. She was the first black woman to play uh, a, a leading role in a, in a half-hour uh, comedy called Julia. She yes. was a working nurse. She had a son named Corey. That's, that was tuning in television for us because that was a representation of what we needed to see uh, as African Americans, and that we're talking about back in the the seventies. Let me you ask know. you something: Was there a part of you that didn't feel the pressure so much to compete because you thought, in some way, that your color was going to hold you back from winning Miss America? Because didn't it seem kind of like something that did you really? No, I think on the opposite. I yeah. knew that I had the talent and the intellect to yeah. be uh, 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 to to win Miss America because mm-hmm. I knew in, instinctively as a New Yorker, I'm you know I was well educated. My parents. I knew you had it, but do you think that America was ready at oh, that? Oh, do time? I think America was yeah, ready? Yeah. America's never ready for change. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, anytime there's any change in any of. Uh, any kind of sequence or something mm-hmm. that's been uh, a long tradition, people are gonna people are gonna have some issues, uh, and the person who's the trailblazer always gets the most heat. So we know what happened then. Mm-hmm. Um, pictures that you took, you know, yeah, a while a before yeah, you were a uh-huh. teenager, yeah. and they, you know, were coming out through penthouse, mm-hmm. and all of that happened. They pressured you to resign. Right. What did that apology mean to you, sixteen years later? 16, that was like... What, uh, wasn't it? Oh, wait. How no, many no, years no. later was it? It was probably maybe uh, 30 years later. 30 years later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 30 years later. <laughs> talk about 16. <laughs> well, see, you look so young. Oh, All these hydrofacials got me confused. <laughs> you know what? Because uh, I watched that night. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, and you wore a mood. Well, yeah. I was... <laughs> what... Mm. So when I was asked to come back, okay. uh, first I said no, and and uh, my mother said, "Are you kidding? After all we've done, after all they had done to our family and myself, and and and, um, but I used it as an opportunity to show from 1983 to was it 2000? I think it was maybe." 2016 16, or that's yeah. what it was. That's where the 16 uh, came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, I wanted to show like, uh, yes, I was in college when all this craziness happened, but look where I am. And I got Absolutely. a chance to sing my music from my album with my band on stage with me mm-hmm. and uh, be an example of what I made of myself with the help of armies of people and yeah. supporters and opportunity uh, in my life. And uh, my mom, I think it was probably more important for her than anything, just because she had seen it. She had protected yeah. me. My parents, you know, uh, uh, had been kind of, uh, you know, m- besides me, but run through the mud uh, and, and, and did it with such, such a sense of, of 
valor and commitment and integrity. Um, it's a, it was a different system, obviously, back then. Sure. And, uh, and Sam Haskell, who was the head of it, I knew and trusted him also. So that was kind of an added sense of security. But, you know, it's... Um, you know, life is life's got a lot of different surprises for you. Well, you know, with moms, it's hard for them to <laughs> it's hard for them to move on from things like Ooh, that. Yes. When you wrong their baby, so was that good for your mom? Was did, yes. did she feel like okay, they did what they're supposed to do? And yes, I think yep. my mom felt a sense of vindication, but also um, uh, the fact that you know I won fair and square, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked my behind off while I was Miss America. I did twice the amount of appearances that uh, a normal Miss America would do because there was a whole new audience. Yes. So um, I worked really hard, and I, but also I think that she just, uh, she's from that era where it's hard for women of that era to forgive and forget. I mean, she lived through the Civil Rights era. You know, while I was a, a baby, you know, uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated, JFK was assassinated. They'd lived through that hardship bringing new children into the world yeah so you got to think oh my god what is the world going to be like when i'm bringing these new me and my brother uh in in the middle of the 60s and all that chaos um so i think that that was part of uh her being tough and and seeing things in a very skewed way as a black woman so obviously that toughness you inherited that from her there was no crash and burn for you i'm sure um, there were probably some hard times just mm-hmm. after, but oh yeah, it was it's tremendously tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never felt like uh, my my talent was being um, taken away. Mm-hmm. I knew that was a, once the dust settled, people get a chance to see who I am. Absolutely. So you know, give me some time, and you'll and and that's exactly what what has happened. Everything I've done. Oh, I didn't know she could do that. Mm-hmm. Broadway. Oh, I didn't know she could do that. Recording. Oh. I didn't know she could do that. I mean, so it's almost, it was easier for me to have under expectations and derise the occasion than to be, uh, you know, lauded as a, a star and then all you have to do is fall down. So 1988, picture it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Laurel, Maryland, a young boy calls his family to the living room, seats them all up in the front row, tells his sister to hit it. <laughs> The music starts. He dims the chandelier. <laughs> you know what I'm going to go through, right? What? I was obsessed with dreaming. Ah. This is such a full circle moment for me, but I've had so many of these full circle moments. I know. I just thank God. God, thank you so much for choosing me in this way. But I had a concert <laughs> with my mom and my dad. Okay. I was 10 years old, <laughs> and I sang for the life of me, I never thought that it could be the way it's done, right? That's it's hilarious. so funny because as an adult, that's 41 years old, I'm thinking back on that moment. That really did happen. It's not just me making it up. It, it happened. My dad had to see my full choreography and everything. I'm sure that was a whole moment for him. But I remember that song making me wonder what love was. Okay. It, it Gave me a little tingle because mm-hmm. I sang it a lot. Yeah. And I performed to it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What did it make you feel? Um, well, it felt like a hit. Because, it felt like uh, a yeah, hit. Yeah. <laughs> it felt rich. It felt rich. 
um, and that was the yeah. um, off my first album, The Right Stuff, which yeah. came out in '88. But uh, that was the ballad that we were kind of saving for our third single, and uh, that was going to be the one to establish. Uh, myself as a recording career I knew when the right stuff came out people go oh one yes. hit wonder oh it's mm-hmm. climbing the charts well we'll see we'll see what we, she can do we'll see and then when dreaming came out it's like yes I'm here to stay this is my voice there's no tricks and mirrors this is who I am and that kind of legitimized my recording artistry yeah and then when comfort zone came out it's like okay i'm here to stay you're here to stay i'm here to play yes and here's save the best for last so you're i'll say the best for last i love it (laughs) (laughs) six weeks at number one yeah 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 yeah. so the albums um of course you're multi-talented you've been actually i saw you at a broadway show when uh, Romeo and Juliet, when it came back with um, with Condola, with Condola, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually oh, you saw your Chanel night? bag. I was sitting just a few uh-huh. seats over from you. I said that I looked <laughs> at, I caught the bag, uh-huh. and then I said, "Oh my God, that bag is beautiful." And I said, "Oh my God, that bag belongs to <laughs> Vanessa Williams." <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Condola because we had just finished doing Trip to Bountiful yes. with Cicely Tyson uh, and Cuba Gooding Jr. on Broadway. And she left that show because we were such a big hit that they extended us. But she already made a commitment to do Romeo and Juliet. With Orlando Bloom, right? Yes. Yes. yes so yes, that's, yes. That, So we went to see her after we finished our run. So yeah. anyone that, that knows you or follows you on social media, mm-hmm. on Instagram, Vanessa Williams official, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sees that you are a seriously... A fan of Broadway. Oh, yeah. You okay. go to more shows than anybody I know. <laughs> well, that was the dream. I mean, I grew up outside of New York. I would always go to the theater with my mom. Uh, so I saw uh, Stephanie Mills in The Wiz, you know, when mm-hmm. she was probably 16 and I was, you know, 13 uh, and, and saying, wow, I want to do that. Yeah. Shout out to George Faison. Do you know George? There, yes, my, yes, My yes. friend George. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I had moments. I saw Gregory Hines and, and Maurice Hines and Yubi. So, you know, I saw these phenomenal uh, um, uh, 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 <laughs> hit in battle yeah. um, in, and sophisticated ladies with Phyllis Hyman. Yes. With that beautiful, smoky oh. voice. I mean, these were legends. Uh, Patti LaBelle, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen her... Um, uh, a bunch of times, but you know that was a tangible goal for me. All I had to do is take the train in from Westchester, audition, and that was a possibility. That Broadway was a possibility. That's why I majored in musical theater. Yeah, I was doing all these shows in, in high school and summer theater, and you know when it came time like picking a college, and I said, "Well, are there any colleges that you can major in musical theater?" And they go, "Yeah, here are the list." I go, "Okay." And I applied to all of them and got in all of them and um, ended up at Syracuse. But, uh, you know, I was so surprised that I could, I could follow my skill set and make a living. That's what I say to most people. Like, what's your advice? What are you good at? Yeah, absolutely. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. My daughter is in, uh, at, at Chapman University at the Dodge School of Film for film production. She's been making films on her laptop since she was like she'd have a play date when she was in third, fourth grade. Set it up. You go here, you do a cartwheel here, okay, come back, edit it, sync the music, do the special effects, and then at the end of her play date, instead of like, we were on the swings all day, she'd be like, mom, look what I did. I made a film. Every day, every day, all the time. And so when it was time for her, like, what do you want to do? I don't know what I should do. I'd go, Sasha, you're a natural filmmaker, start there, and then we'll see where you go. You might be a cinematographer, you might be a director. Who knows, but let's just start with what you're good at. So I say... Follow your skill set. And get really good at it. I like what you said in a previous interview, something I saw, where you said, you know, I have the education where I can go in 
if I'm singing a new song, I can read the music. Yeah. You know, so it's not just something that you're just doing. You mm-hmm. actually trained and you studied. So there's a part of it, I think, in entertainment because of Instagram and all these other, you know, social media platforms. Mm-hmm. It makes young people feel like you just are. Mm-hmm. You step in, you start singing and you just are. Right. But there right. is an education to And that. also a lot of people say, how do you keep your voices so clear? How, mm-hmm. do you, how do you maintain it? I was trained. I know how to warm up properly. I know how to sing properly. I know how to take care of my instrument. And that's what you have to do. So yeah. that's what you get by training, by having an education in whatever you're doing. Whether And, and if you don't and you want to, there are plenty of programs that, that afford you the, the education. And if not, do your research. Find out, boy, Pharrell is really uh, an amazing musician. How did he start? Before he was a producer. Oh, he played in the marching band. What instrument did he play? Oh, who was his band instructor? Oh, when did he start playing? So you know that you can see where someone has started from an education and built an empire. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I recently saw you perform with the National Symphony Orchestra at the Kennedy Center here in D.C., mm-hmm. And I tell you, I mean, there were black people, white people, old people, young people. <laughs> I'm going to have to holler at the Kennedy Center because you can't sit all the real old people right up front. They did. <laughs> I'm like, you need to leave that for some, some of the fans, you know, of a certain age. But the old folks are right up front. But the interesting thing as I was watching you perform, and by the way, watching you perform with that symphony orchestra oh, was just what a treat. amazing. But I'm wondering, because you do so many things, you do Broadway, you sing, you act, I saw the joy that it brought the people in the audience, and it was a packed house. What do you enjoy the most? Watching people that are familiar with the work that you're singing, because Mm -hmm. so many were, or watching people see you for the first time, maybe in a Broadway show or in a specific part that's their Mm -hmm. first time seeing you? Uh, it, it's a different. It's 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 both. I love surprising people, mm-hmm. and in my shows that I do, depending on if it's a ninety-minute show or a seventy or a fifty-five, uh, I try to do a little bit of something for our R and B audience, mm-hmm. uh, the Broadway audience, um, the pop audience. You know, the the young teen that's danced to "Colors of the Wind" from Pocahontas when yes. they were you know in dance <laughs> class, like, oh my God, she's singing it live. Yes. Or, or the people that remember Showboat. Back in the 50s and yeah, 60s, and I sing, you know, Bill for, uh, as Julie from Showboat, uh, or the people that rock out when they hear, you know, work to do, and remember my version, remember the Isleys. So I try to kind of reach, and I also look out in the audience, I peek out and say, yeah. okay, who do we have here? Okay. <laughs> yes. Now, like, we're not doing this, we're going to do that. So I can so tweet. So you switch it up. I do switch it up, yeah, yeah. At this stage in your career, I was wondering that also because, you know, a lot of the songs we recognize at this stage, you've picked the ones that you probably just really love, your favorites, right? Right, and also people that, you know, the ones that people require. I yes, mean, you know, okay. I'll say, I'm going to cut that. You can't cut that. But don't that. you love all of those, though? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. because you seem like you really are, because sometimes it seems like a, you go to concerts and, you know, it seems like they're just going through the motion. Yeah. How much closer to the paycheck? How much closer to the paycheck? With <laughs> you, I got to tell you, you seem like you really are enjoying well, I yourself. love, I adore my band that's been with me since 97 when our first tour together was with Luther Vandross back in the day. Oh, my God. And we did a, an arena tour, and it was amazing. So we've been together How is Luther? for... Luther? I miss him so much. Yeah. What a wonderful human being. So talented, but such a good, good soul. Yeah. So I miss him. Uh, but yeah, my band has been together for, you know, over 20 years. So yeah. uh, it's... Uh, 
and I can call out anything and they can do it in, you know, in, in, you know, eight beats and we're, we're on. So that's the luxury of having people that are crazy talented as well. I mean, everyone on the stage with me all has their own bands, their own records, uh, or all producers, writers. So I've got a real depth of knowledge behind me, you know, uh, that, that back me up. So that's a, that's my safety blanket too. Uh, and I know, I can count on them. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love watching now what's going on with your kids. <laughs> uh, Jillian, for one, Lion Babe, you all might know mm-hmm. her daughter, Jillian. The band is Lion Babe or she's Lion Babe? The band is Lion Babe. Okay. Yes, yes. But, okay. uh, but also that's her handle, Lion Babe. Yes. And then Lucas uh, produces with her and he's Astro Raw. But uh, but together they're a lion babe. Yes. So she's learning all of these things from you. So what's it like? You I saw you at the concert at her, at her concert recently. <laughs> what's it like going to see your daughter in concert? Uh, it's it's so gratifying. Um, you know, my kids grew up on the road with me. Whether it's a tour bus, whether it's on stage, you know, in my dressing room on Broadway, whether it's on a movie set in my trailer or hanging out by the director seats, they have seen every aspect of my career. And they know that it's hard work. They know that they've got to be professional, show up on time, and know their stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so they've, I, I've set the example for them. And when she took the leap, she actually just confessed to me that she didn't tell me that she was, she didn't want me to know that she was actually dabbling in music before she started doing it. She graduated, she was a, a dancer, an amazing dancer, and she graduated from new school with a concentration of dance, and she was going to dance with a dance company. Mm. On her way to uh, rehearsal, she slipped on one of the greats in New York, broke her wrist and couldn't dance and was devastated. Couldn't dance in, yes. in that one particular show. Devastated. While she was recovering, she started making music with Lucas. And um, she didn't tell me that they had actually finished a whole bunch of stuff until they released one of the songs, Treat Me Like Fire, which was her first kind of hit that got her okay. in the scene. And then from that, she got signed to Polydor UK and she got a record deal out of that. But when she graduated from a new school, um, I had a gig in, in Japan. I go to Japan like every other year. And she's like, oh, I want to go. I said, well, if you want to go, you got to learn all this music on the yeah. plane, and then you can sing with me. But that's how you're going to go. She learned all the music, and she uh, sang with me in that gig. And um, I think we had like a week in, in Tokyo and maybe six shows in Osaka. And I remember at Soundcheck looking over at her behind a mic and getting ready to sing Sweetest Days, which is written for my children about how sweet the days are and looking at her and she's singing along to a song that was made for her and the other kids and that was like okay that's that's a real full circle moment yeah and I got a little choked up uh but it's so gratifying but you see you know when you're a parent you see glimpses of what their future are going to be as soon as they are toddlers Absolutely. this is the one the shy retiring one <laughs> this is the one who's a firecracker this one my son was always and not only into power rangers but had to be monochromatic like blue sneakers blue shoes okay. blue, blue yeah. turtleneck everything uh, you know everything had to be monochromatic always had the best sneakers then as he grew older he would start collecting them and buying them then he would go into the javits center in the new york city yeah. the convention center and do these sneaker conventions and trade that he'd be op- at the opening of all these sneaker stores so he's a real sneakerhead. but i could see that as a kid and now he's working out in california and he's part of the whole um is working at a a, a famous uh, boutique store but he's head of 
curating sneakers, I which love he it. loves. And he's happy and he's in an environment that he loves. Uh, so every, and, you know, Sasha, I told you, is in uh, making uh, movies. And my, um, my oldest is into Pilates. She was in the fashion, she went to FIT, into fashion industry for a good 10 years and just kind of got burned out, but always had a dance background and remembered me doing Pilates after I had her. So she grew up seeing a reformer in my gym, seeing me go yeah. to class. And that was something very comfortable to her. And now she's like, they call her the velvet whip because <laughs> she seems all whip. like sweet. And then and you then take she a class and on she you. puts it on you. <laughs> That's wonderful. I mentioned to you earlier, I took note of how magnanimous you were on Father's Day. So interesting to me on your social media, how you posted an image of your first husband mm-hmm. and with your kids mm-hmm. and of, of My your second husband. Fox, yes, <laughs> and your second husband. I'm like, wait, two, three, carry the one. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. No, Rick Fox. Yeah. And, and I thought that in the messages were, were just really sweet. And mm-hmm. so that's a great example you're setting for your kids. How did you get there? I never wanted my kids to freak out like, oh my God, mom and dad are in the same room. What's going to happen? Because mm-hmm. I'd seen that in other divorced couples um, and I never wanted that. But also, um, I, I, I'm, I'm friendly with my exes yeah. so, and I appreciate the gift that they gave me. I have four great, beautiful, talented, smart kids and you know, it takes two to make a child and uh, I'm always grateful. Well, I can tell that. I can tell that. It was interesting. Years ago, I was in a restaurant in Beverly Hills, and um, you were there with with Rick Fox, Mm -hmm. and at a big, long table, and I thought, oh my God, they're such a beautiful couple. They must be so happy. (laughs) You know, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, you know, there were times that you, that Uh, you were. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and, uh, you know, Rick is the one that uh, dissolved the marriage, um, and he was in a place of transition when he kind of uh, left basketball and left the marriage. So mm-hmm. uh, he definitely was in a different mind space, but oh, he's right. still a great guy. God bless him. God yeah. bless him. Yeah. One other great example I think that you set for your kids and also for other young creatives. Um, <laughs> it was so interesting to me when your plane was late when you were coming to the Kennedy Center and you just jumped in your car and you drove yourself. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think that people envision someone like you, not to necessarily be a diva, but because you are an entourage. Yes. Mm -hmm, Oh, God, I can't. I will never do that. I mean, you make it happen no matter what. And I even asked you, I said, oh, would you make a part? No, I'm doing my own makeup. Look, I'm a showgirl. I'm on the road. So you make it happen. Talk a little bit about those choices you make just to that drive. You mentioned showgirl. I think when you have a theater background, the curtain's up at 8. Yes. You Half hour is called at 7.30. You better be correct and be ready to hit the stage at 8 o'clock. They're not going to hold the curtain yes. for somebody who la-di-da happens to stroll in not prepared. That doesn't happen. So growing up that way and also having parents that instilled that... Uh, sense of time, but also honorship and, and being prepared is something that I just grew yeah, up with. So, absolutely. um, being a show girl, uh, means that you put on a show, you give a hundred percent. Uh, and also I had, you know, again, when you're doing a Broadway, uh, Broadway productions, you do have, uh, normally a hair and makeup or you do your own makeup and you've got mm-hmm. a hairdresser mm-hmm. because of a mic and sure. quick changes and stuff. But, um, you know, you have to learn how to, if that's if that's your job, you got to learn how to do your face, Absolutely. learn how to do it properly, 
get the right training and watch and learn. There's always opportunities to see, wow, I look great. What did he do? What products did you use? Let me try to, re- you know, practice makes perfect. Let me try to recreate that with myself. Absolutely. And also, I cook for my kids. Yeah. You know, I garden and weed in my house and stuff. You enjoy it's- it. I enjoy it, and sometimes you got to do it yourself. <laughs> you just got to do it yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's amazing. Yeah. So some of the movies, it's funny since I've known you. Every time I turn the TV on, it's like a Vanessa Williams movie. <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> like when you got in my car today, I said, "Did you Bluetooth yourself on here?" <laughs> All of a sudden, we hear Vanessa Williams. But what are some of your your favorite moments? Of course, mine. Of course, are the soul food, and <laughs> you know, there, there's so many. But what are some of your favorite movies that you've? Uh, I think Dance With Me was one of my favorites just because I had to learn a whole, I had to learn ballroom dancing. And I was trained as a dancer, but that's a whole nother skill set. So I trained for uh, like two and a half months uh, to learn the routines, but also to learn the technique. Mm -hmm. And then I got a chance to play a ballroom dancer as a part of uh, an amazing movie about ballroom dancing and playing a teacher. So uh, competing with other professional ballroom dancers and reaching their level kind of freaked a lot of people out, yes. but also it made me feel like, oh my God, I love doing this because I love the challenge. I love doing something new. Would and you I ever do Dancing with the Stars? No, because I've, I, I've done, I, right. I did a movie and yeah, I yeah. know how to ballroom dance. So it's, you know. I did a whole, movie. <laughs> I take back what is, I said about you not being a diva. <laughs> I did a movie. Yes, exactly. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah, but the concept is it's taking people out of their comfort zone and doing something they've never done before. I've already done the movie. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wilhelmina and Ugly Betty. Of course, they made Devil Wears Prada. So how much was that character based on Anna Wintour? Um, not a lot. Not a lot? Yeah, uh, because um, the movie had just come out the year before. When they did the Ugly Betty pilot, um, actually, Sylvia Orta, who's the one who created the pilot... Uh, first had Betty as a uh, um, a private eye, and uh, she was going to be a spy or something. And they threw it out, and they said, "Let's put her in the fashion world." And then he wrote the pilot. So, um, and when they actually cast the show, I was doing something else, and they had cast another actress. And they, after the first read through, I got a phone call from my agent saying, "They need you tomorrow to start this show." They're ready for the costume fitting. So I kind of jumped into that the following day. I love it. And met Pat Fields in, a, in the back of a wardrobe truck with her cigarette <laughs> hanging out. And, and I th- happened to be the same size as the person that they had uh, uh, cast before who unfortunately lost her job. Unfortunately for her, not for <laughs> me. And, uh, and then I jumped in uh, a couple days later. So it, it, was, it was a mad scramble. Um, but once you're in a role and writers see what you can do, then they kind of write it for you. Yeah. And the more I gave them, the more like, oh my God, she's really good at doing that. Let's give her more. Let's give Wilhelmina more. And that's how kind of writers shape your character. So you've often said that your guilty pleasure is Real Housewives of Atlanta. (laughs) Atlanta, Beverly Hills, yeah, Below Deck. (laughs) Oh, you just love all those. I was thinking that when your character came into Desperate Housewives, I mean, you've really set it off. How much of that do you think those producers said, yeah, we want to make a show based around... Based around <laughs> Vanessa, we're going to make a reality show based on her character on Desperate well, Housewives. Well, I, I think that was basically, I'd finished, uh, we had done four years of Ugly Betty on ABC, and it kind of ended abruptly. That was in 08 uh, after the, the crisis, and yeah. it was a matter of, 
it was a very expensive show to do and I think they took like our budget and made like a bunch of uh, yeah. different um, pilots I don't know none of which ended up going on yeah. and killed the show broke, don't but fix it sometimes exactly you know? yeah. so I think ABC wanted to keep me in the family so that's when they made the transition uh, uh, into uh, Desperate and I and I loved walking on Wisteria Lane and turning it up yes and uh, it was fun to actually I mean even though Alfred Woodard was kind of the first housewife of color in season two on Desperate uh, I, I got a chance to do two two seasons and loved it so you you like Real Housewives and all those other shows. Mm-hmm. Would you ever do reality following you doing all these different things? I've been asked uh, mm-hmm. a couple times, mm-hmm. and uh, it has not been the right sure, fit. Sure, And I don't know whether in my life, um, you have to have a lot of people to agree to be a part of it to make it interesting. Absolutely. And I don't know anybody in my life who'd be <laughs> like, yeah, I want to do it. But I don't think... <laughs> And again, I do so many things by myself. It's mm-hmm. not like I've got a, an entourage with a stylist sure. waiting in my huge yes. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, closet waiting to dress me for, you know, I'm, I'm pretty normal at this point in my life. But you look fabulous. Speaking of this huge closet you have. I don't. I'm saying a a virtual closet. (laughs) Well, now everybody can kind of take part in this closet because you have a new line, Um, the Vanessa Williams line mm -hmm. at HSN. I do. That launches right now in July. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Um, tell us about that HSN. That's big. HSN is wonderful. Uh, I have um, designed for another uh, home shopping network for a couple years, which got my feet wet. Uh, they, They gave me the opportunity and uh, now I'm hooked and love it and have a great manufacturer. So the quality is really, really uh, remarkable uh, for home shopping. It, yeah. it's, not, it's not throwaway fashion. You can actually build a wardrobe on, on the pieces that we're doing. And uh, it's, uh, a lot of it is stuff that I wear that I want more of, uh, that I know that works. I've designed for ages that my mother is she'll be 80 and uh, of course my mother's like why but she'll be 80 in december all the way down to my 19 year old so i always ask would you wear this what color do you like how does it feel what are you missing in your wardrobe and that's how i kind of compile my tastes what works for me and what i know works for other women um so for instance uh suiting and and jackets uh that's completely my mother's my mother's yes. jam yes. because she's always going to a, a ladies function, mm-hmm. a tea. If it's, it's out to the theater, it's, you know, so you need something that's going to be that take you from afternoon to evening. You could wear to church, but if you didn't want to wear to church, you could wear to, you know, a, a meeting and look yeah. spectacular. Um, pencil skirts. I love a good pencil skirt. I love stuff with stretch. So uh, we do have some cut and sew, which is like regular fabric, but we do have a lot of things that have stretch built in. Um, I've got a fabric called the Comfort Zone Knit, which it feels like... it feels like butter. It feels it's drapey. I've got a a, a a a jumpsuit that I have in it. I've got some slouchy pants and a and a sleeveless. Um, All named top. after your songs. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Well, well. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I saw your mom and and Melanie, your daughter, in one mm-hmm. of the promos yeah. for it. Are they going to go on to HSN with you and help you sell? My youngest is going on HSN. Oh, I yes, love it. Yes. Yes. She'll be on uh, the debut show on the eleventh, and uh, and she's already picked out what speaks to her. Yes. And for instance. My in the picture, my eldest daughter is wearing the black jumpsuit. Yes, 
uh, my daughter's like, I want to wear red. I said, okay. So she's wearing red with a different shoe and she's a size 16. So she has got a completely different body shape. Mm -hmm. So I can show visually what uh, my mother's petite is like five one and yes. shrinking every day, but you know, <laughs> but, but she's yeah. got a cute little body and shows what it, it can look like with a mature lady all the way down to a nineteen year old, you know, nineteen year old. Where does the drive come from? Because the the, the you know you keep evolving. Certainly your your art and you, I know you have some new music that you're going to be working mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. But the drive it seems pretty relentless. Like. What, where do you attribute that to? Uh, I think people need to create, mm -hmm. whether it's at your job, whether you're doing a, a radio show, mm -hmm. that fuels you to do more. And especially when it's successful yeah. and when people give you opportunity, you know, you have to think, okay, this makes me feel uncomfortable, but it might be worth it. Yeah. So again, don't be afraid to take a risk. And, uh, my background in terms of fashion, it's not like I'm just a celebrity throwing my name on something. I mean, back in the day, my mother used to make all my clothes. I grew up with a sew singer sewing machine in her bedroom. I started sewing my own clothes. We used to have home ec back in the day. I think yes. they got rid of it. Yeah. I don't think they even do home ec anymore yeah. in the schools. But you had to learn how to cook and sew. So I, I used to embroider my own things, sew patches on my clothes. So I was always in, of course, costumes and Halloween costumes and draping them and, and making them, you know, fit my body. So I was always into the creation and loved kind of being different. So this is an opportunity for me to, to have my own line, but have a sig signature look uh, that I can continue to create. It's all about creation. It really is. And mm -hmm. you do such a great job at it. Interesting. I was telling someone you were going to be here and, and the person said to me, oh yeah, she moved up there near the Clintons. And so when I looked online, I realized you're from that area. Yes, exactly. No, they <laughs> moved so, into my. It was so interesting, uh, yeah, and this yeah. is a certain, this is a person person of mm -hmm. a certain persuasion. And she said to me, "Oh yeah, she moved up there where the Clintons are." Yeah. And okay. it, I, well, tell her in 1964, <laughs> my parents were the first black family what to move like? into uh, Newcastle. Yes. Uh, and it was not an easy move. Okay. So you know, tell your friend that we were there since. Wasn't 1964. really a friend. It was somebody that was offering an opinion, and I right. thought it was true. I said, "Oh, no. that's interesting. She moved by the Clintons, huh?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I but moved, it's home. Yeah, it's home. Yeah. Um, my parents were both music teachers. My dad taught in Elmsford. My mom in Osning. And they were looking for houses uh, back in the early 60s, and they happened to find a house for sale that was kind of equidistant to where they would work. And um, they had a great, uh, the, the owner of the house, or the, the builder of the house actually lived across the street, so we had a great relationship. Come to find out years later that a couple of kids that I'd gone to school with that were my very good friends, their parents were part of a collective that were trying to not approve our mortgage and not mm. have us move into the neighborhood. And we found this out years and years later. So uh, we, again, we, I, I've moved there, we moved there in 64, um, went to, to high school, uh, went to college, and then I came back in 92 to raise my family in the next town over was to Chappaqua. But Chappaqua and Millwood and Mount Kisco all have the same school systems. So two of my kids graduated from my high school. So interesting. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I'll, I'll share a story from my childhood. I grew up in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. We were the only black family in the neighborhood. And I had a group of friends. Um, there were twins. And they're Jewish. Mm -hmm. And their mom would not allow me into their house. So when all the friends from the neighborhood, 10, 10 friends or so, would go, we would go from house to house. And when we get to their house, I'd have to wait outside. <gasps> but I was so embarrassed by that. 
I wouldn't even tell my parents because I thought if I told them, I wouldn't have any friends. Do you know what I mean? Because they wouldn't let me play with those kids. So what kind of experience did you have with, with your kids? Hopefully times had changed, of course, when your kids came around, I, I hope. I sigh because times have changed, but experiences are still mm-hmm. unique and similar. Mm-hmm. So even having Jillian, I remember one time getting a phone call because another kid was playing with her on the playground and said that he didn't want to play with her because her skin was dirty. And Jillian had brown skin mm-hmm. that was browner than his skin. Mm-hmm. Of course, you talk to the parents, my kid would never say that due to our history, blah, blah, blah. Well, he did. Yes. And we've got witnesses and I'm getting the phone call. So we're dealing with it now. Absolutely. And that's, we're talking, you know, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I wish I yeah. could say times have changed, but everyone's going to have their experience being a person of color anywhere. I yeah. remember I was pregnant with uh, Devin. So this had to be like 1992. I had my diamonds on, driving yeah. a Range Rover, put, came out of IHOP. You had a Range Rover in 1992? You bad as hell. <laughs> exactly. You are Vanessa Williams. <laughs> Putting my two girls yeah. in, the, in the seat. One of them dropped their shoe, and I had the back doors open. I bent down, mm-hmm. put her shoe back on, closed the door, and there was a woman standing next to her Honda. And she said, were you in my, were you in my car? And I was so taken aback. I was like, oh my goodness. Excuse me? So were you just in my car? I said, no, my child's shoe just fell on the ground. And she said, oh. I closed the door. And I was like, but that's because she just saw a black woman bending down next to her car. Wow. And that's not, I mean, I have so many more stories to tell. But again, it's going to happen, unfortunately. And that's just being part of of our melanin and yeah. being in this world. You're in the nation's capital right now. You've been here before to perform. You're performing at the uh, big, you know, national celebration, mm-hmm. Capital Fourth. Mm-hmm. What is your hope for America moving forward since this is the center of, of all of those things, of, of politics and, and of this country? What, what's your hope? Well, there's a dialogue. That's mm-hmm. the, the, the fantastic thing is there are so many platforms for people to speak on the truth and between speaking on the truth and seeing the visual truth which is very painful many times of people that are being pulled over being shot uh completely uh you know uh, without merit and i'm not married you can't not merit but being shot uh and and being accosted Mm -hmm. for really no reason because just because they happen to be profiled as black um those really help make people aware. Yeah. So you can run and hide and be in denial, but times are changing. And, um, uh, and I think that we're in a, I mean, even the examples, uh, you know, I told you that when I grew up, we only had Diane Carroll yes. as a, you know, a half hour. Julia was our sitcom mm-hmm. that we watched because mm-hmm. we wanted to, you know, cheer her on because she was the black woman. There's so many opportunities to see every range and color and ethnicity and background uh, in media and in our world today. So our kids have a much broader sense of the world, which is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been talking a lot about summer entertaining and travel. Where do you like to go? What makes you happy? Uh, Water. Water makes me happy. Uh, Good food makes me happy. Water. You passed up on Montauk when I invited you. (laughs) I had commitments, unfortunately. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but um, 
It, water just kind of just brings your yes. your your yep. your blood pressure down totally. and just uh, it, it puts you in that serenity zone, which I absolutely love. Um, and I love travel, and I love when I go places. I love good hotels, mm-hmm. but when I leave my good hotel, I love to explore. Yeah, native culture, the marketplace. What are they eating? Finding the good neighborhood grub. You know, that's the kind of stuff. Meeting the people, asking them, uh, "Who do you think is beautiful?" Yes. Well, who the, you know the who? Wh- wh- what's your favorite thing to eat? Uh, what do you think I should buy here? What's unusual in your part of the country? You know, what do you like? And uh, I think that's a worldwide thing. So always keep learning. I love that. Mm-hmm. Hobbies. You have any hobbies? You collect anything? Um, do you don't, knit? I don't, I don't knit. Uh, I do, do crossword puzzles every day. Yeah. That's my You strike me obsession. as an artist. Do you paint? I don't paint. No. Um, I do flower arranging, which I guess is kind of... Okay. I love, I love uh, fresh flowers. You play spades? Uh, I don't play spades. <laughs> oh, you're not black. I don't, I don't play bidwits. Okay, you don't play bidwits. But you know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, we play like Uno and yes. and uh, and Go Fish and War yes. and Spit and all that stuff. Uh, did a lot of uh, j- jigsaw puzzles and a lot of a lot of board games yeah. growing up. Um, and I do. Lo- I'm very very competitive. So my kids sometimes <laughs> don't like that. to don't like to play with me because I get like, come on, you know, yeah. let's go. They're like, Mom, relax. It's just but a I, game. I I love games. Yeah. <laughs> what are the holidays like at your house? Um, they're good and funny. You should mention, you know, I always would have, especially when the kids were young, both my exes would be in the same room mm-hmm. enjoying their, they were friendly to each other. They actually went skiing together one time by themselves with the kids while I was in Miami doing something else. I love so, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's always families welcome. Uh, I always cook and put on a, a huge spread. Um, my mom lives next door, so she'll bring over. Does so she stuff. live right next door? Literally right next door. You walk across <laughs> my yard, and her house is right there. Oh, that's After wonderful. my dad passed, yeah. they uh, she sold the the house that I grew up in, which is literally the next town over. Mm-hmm. And the house that was next to me, he passed away, and she ended up uh, tearing it down and built her own house. So she's literally next door to me. Oh, that is mm-hmm. wonderful. That's a reality show. There you go. The show writes itself. <laughs> you and your Me and mama. my mom. You and yeah. your mom. Y'all yeah. are still still very close. Still very close. And, and in the book that we wrote, you have no idea, we talk about how different our personalities were and are. And I'm definitely a combo of my parents. My dad grew up in Oyster Bay, Long Island, which was basically a lot of farms uh, and, and beach and uh, very small town, very multicultural. Oyster Bay was kind of the first, um, there was Quakers, there was Jewish mm-hmm. people, there were Polish people, there were um, uh, Italian, black. Uh, so it was a real kind of uh, diverse community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't wanna say hippy dippy, but very kind of open and diverse. My mom grew up in Buffalo, segregated, Steel, steel country, Bethlehem steel, uh, much different um, uh, sensibility. So she was, she is a tough chick who married a nice, um, uh, I don't want to say country boy, yes, but yes. you know, Long Island, you know, you know yeah. it's, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've got the the feeling and compassion that my dad, my dad reached me every night before I went to bed. He was the soft one. Yes. My mother was a tough one. Okay, she was a tough. So one. I can slip into that. either, which is yeah, good. You can go either way. Yes. Yeah. That is so interesting to me. So you do the things that you do so well. Is there anything that you have That haven't? I suck at? No. <laughs> what don't you do I well? Come it. on, Vanessa. 
I hate doing taxes. <laughs> I hate balancing a checkbook. Uh, yeah, you're like, oh, geez. Exactly. <laughs> to that, to tedious stuff drives me crazy. Yeah. Like if I had to go and if I had to work at a number sheet every day, I'd blow my brains out. Yeah. Just because that doesn't give me joy. But my husband, who's an accountant, numbers give him joy. Words give me joy. So I can sit at a crossword puzzle and be entertained. He can do Sudoku and find that same excitement. So words excite me. Numbers do not. Love it. Anything career-wise that you have in your mind that you'd like to do that you haven't already done? I mean, I'm pretty sure you've done everything, but... Producing, I'd like to do more producing. Mm-hmm. The first thing I produced was a sh- story about a the order of the first black uh, nuns in New Orleans called the Sisters of the Holy Family uh, that was established in the early 1800s, mid-1800s. And uh, the original the original name of the script was called Quadroon Ball. And uh, it was for Lifetime ended up picking it up and changed the name. But it was about, excuse me, it was about the... The aristocracy in New Orleans, which was made up of uh, Italian and French, mm-hmm. and uh, the the slaves that were there, and they would start to intermix with the aristocrats, and there was a society of quadroon and octoroon that became um, uh, a hierarchy mm-hmm. and almost in a, a middle class between slave and aristocrat. And they would have these balls called um, uh, quadroon balls. Okay. And basically, they would be women of color that would be suited with these married men. And basically, they would be the, the mistress yes. who would get their own a place. Uh, and they would have children with these uh, French, yeah. and, and, uh, French and and Spanish men. Uh, and the Henriette de Lille, who was the woman that I was playing... Uh, who established, and everyone was uh, raised Catholic, but even in the church, there were the whites, there were the, the mixed, and then there were the slaves. So and that's how they would, would worship. And uh, she wanted to create her own order because she wanted to give back to the poor. So she created her own habits, she created her own, uh, she had all her sisterhood together. And the, the, the archdiocese says, you can't do that. We don't have women of color wow. uh, as part of an order. And she started her own order. And that being grown up Catholic, but also seeing a representation of a woman who wanted to serve but couldn't because of her skin color and said, I'm going to do it anyway, um, was fascinating. And there's still an order today. If you go down to New Orleans and you want to go to see the Sisters of the Holy Family, they are still there. They've got a uh, St. Mary's is their high school that they still are a part of. And they're, yeah, they're they're still active. So that was one of the stories that I felt I totally see it. I like went there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally see it. So, so it's yeah, called producing. Courage to Love. I'm sure yeah. it's on. I did it for back in 2004, uh, mm-hmm. Lifetime, but I'm sure you could find it on okay. uh, YouTube or something. So you're but more of those stories the, yeah. of stories mm-hmm. that of history that I had no idea that that even happened. Yeah, absolutely. So upcoming tour dates, VanessaWilliams.com. Everybody mm-hmm. can get. What can you get on VanessaWilliams.com? Uh, you can get directed to all my tour dates. <laughs> I don't have any merch yet to sell. Yeah, but, but soon. Sure, but, but soon. But soon. And then hsn.com, you can buy everything online, which most people do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wrote that great book um, uh, with my mom, mm-hmm. You Have No Idea. So that's still in print and still yes. available if you really want to know more about me. And, yes. And uh, my Did you do my Audible? Husband. Yeah, I did an Audible book as well, oh, yes. Oh, get yeah. that for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely want to have Vanessa Williams <laughs> speaking to you in that way. Yeah. Now, how often will we, will we be able to see you on HSN? 
Um, uh, probably once a quarter, maybe. Okay. So, um, but oh, depends. they need you more. I know. I'm gonna have to holler at somebody down there. I HSN, uh-huh. get y'all's money together. <laughs> we need more Vanessa Williams. I think it's gonna be fun. That's gonna be like must-watch TV. Good. I mean, I want people to buy, but yes. I just kind of want to watch. <laughs> I just kind of want to watch. Well, you are bringing so much joy to my life. I would just want to thank you. Take this moment to thank you. My mom and I were having a little, you know, mother-son spat, and you just did the sweetest little videos to her like Brenda call your son <laughs> and it and it really Took put a lot of things it. into mm-hmm. perspective for for her and and for myself just what advice do you have for for parents and and their kids that might be going through a little a little moment because you you did have a very rational way of mm-hmm. thinking about it mm-hmm. and it really did help us so just what advice do you have for the people um well f- my biggest advice since I've raised four children and have three girls and this is for anyone who's raising a girl just know that seventh grade they go in like angels and come out like lions and it's because of the hormones so do not take it personally that's the easiest thing for a parent. How dare you talk to me like that? What yeah. happened to you? Yeah. I mean, and you internalize everything and, and take it personally. Yeah. They can't help their bodies. They can't help their emotions because they're going through a physical change. So take a breath. Take yes. a beat, moms and dads. Just know that if they say they hate you, if they storm out of the room and slam the door, know that's not acceptable. Yeah. It's going to happen more because, again, they can't help themselves. But take a beat and don't take it personally because eventually you'll get them back. Exactly. So that's my biggest like adolescent. I love that. How to deal with girls. I love that. Boys, you just don't want them to kill themselves. You just don't so want them to kill like, themselves. <laughs> my son's driving a motorcycle. I mean, he's he's a risk taker. I was taker. wondering how do you feel about that? The he's motorcycle. A, he's, yeah, I, he's a great he's driver. Yeah. He's a he's very skilled. He ta- he's he got all Kevlar down with pads and stuff. So he takes it seriously. So he's not reckless, but he likes to do adventurous stuff, and that's him. And he's an adult. And he bought the mic himself, so I can't say anything, but I just pray that he'll be fine. Uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, life is short. Enjoy mm-hmm. Absolutely. each other. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I did a segment on the morning show that I work on um, about mothers of grown black sons, mm-hmm. and they were sharing Pam Simpson was on, um, Donnie Simpson's mm-hmm. wife, and um, Marcia Dyson, and um, a few other people were on. And they were just sharing some of their thoughts about even when their sons get grown, they still have those same fears because we started this segment because my mom would always ask me to call her when I got home. I'm like, I'm 40. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I might not be going straight home. <laughs> There's that. But, you know, I, we had to have a conversation. I said, okay, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this about? And, you know, because you think you're going to grow out of that, but it, it really, you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't just because your kid gets grown. Right. And it's yeah. the mother. It's, 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 the control comes out of fear and you know it's it's fear of uh, of protection mm-hmm. which is innate to a mother's love so again moms have to take a beat and realize <laughs> that their child is grown and yeah. they've got to cut the apron strings and let them be an adult i love it yeah what an awesome mom you are. What a great <laughs> friend you are being to me. Oh, I, I love can't you, get enough of you, <laughs> Vanessa Williams. So the Paul Wharton Show would not be possible without our fabulous sponsors. The Batar Cosmetic Institute is home of the aesthetics-enhancing genius Dr. George Batar and his talented staff. 
Metro Offices. If you're an entrepreneur that wants to take your cluttered home office to an affordable, modern, professional, fully furnished space, Metro Office is the scalable solution for you. And finally, Hungry Catering, DC's premier chef-to-table corporate catering service. Check them out at tryhungry.com, code POLITICS. All right, I want to thank my fabulous guest, the one and only Vanessa Williams. It has been such a pleasure having you in studio Paul, today. Paul, you are the absolute best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm lost in those, I feel like, I feel I'm lost like, in those eyes. <laughs> I feel I've known you for years, really. Just, really, I yeah. do too. Yeah. Okay, this it's is gonna a, we're, we're gonna keep this thing going. Yes. Well, follow Vanessa on Instagram at Vanessa Williams Official. Mm-hmm. Check out VanessaWilliams.com mm-hmm. and she's on HSN by those clothes, and you can look like Vanessa Williams there too. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in and make sure you tell all your friends about the Paul Wharton show right here on Sirius XM channel 141. Bye guys. If you need to feel better, Paul is here pulling it all together. Paul's here pulling it all together. He's there for you if you need to feel better. Paul's here pulling it all together.